Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trash. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one In biology, me. I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Yeah. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. This has been a public service announcement from your friends at KUHSDenver.com. Good afternoon. This is Charlie Bocello, your host for the Council, a place where we come together to learn and heal from PTSD and trauma and to expand our minds to be able to gain healing and understanding, wisdom, peace and wholeness. I have an uh, amazing guest on the show today, um, and I can't wait to introduce you to her, but I want to, you know, share with you some uh, some thoughts about, um, I made mention on the last show, a program called the Vietnam War, and it was a um, PBS broadcast. Ken Burns and uh, his wife made this 18-hour um movie about the Vietnam War. And it goes all the way back to um, when the French invaded uh, Indochina in the 1800s. And it gives this whole context of what that Vietnam War was all about. And it gives you the history behind it. What was the struggles? You know, these were people that were really fighting for their freedom. They were colonialists uh, um, or people under colonial power. And they were trying really to free themselves and to find independence. And so we were caught in the during the World War Two area of being caught between a rock and a hard place. We understood exactly where they were coming from because we had also been under the um, the thumb of Britain and wanted to free ourselves and, and live in independence. And so we understood where they were coming from uh, right after World War II. And we also had our obligations to the rest of the world in trying to protect democracy from the growing threat of communism. And so you see this, how this all unfolded and how back even in uh, during Eisenhower's time that uh, they didn't believe that a military victory could uh, happen in Vietnam. And yet they still continue to increase their support uh, militarily down into South Vietnam. And fast forward to um, when we started to increase our troop numbers under Kennedy and also under Johnson, they recognized that there was probably no way to, no military victory. And they still ended up sending more troops. Now, in 1965, and they show this in the video, and this is one of the moments that really just grabbed me. 
I mean, it really upset me because it, 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 it touched me. So, you know, I've been, my family was, uh, you know, uh, my dad was in Vietnam. So this affected my, my dad and a lot of other men and women who ended up uh, going into combat there. And uh, back in 1965, they knew that uh, it was unwinnable. And you see this in the, in the movie. And McNamara comes up to Johnson and says to him, you know, we can do two different options. We can, you know, work for peace in a, in a, a motion for a peace settlement of some sort where we try to bring the, the two, country, two halves of the country back together. Um, we may lose face uh, in the world, but uh, that seems to be option number one. Option number two is to go ahead and go in line with what General Westmoreland wanted to do, which was to increase the troop numbers to another 200,000. And this was 1965, and they knew at that time that it was a one in three chance that we would win the war. And they knew that they had made a mistake. And instead of just owning up to it and saying, you know, we made a mistake here, we need to reevaluate and rethink about this and not see it in terms of Cold War mentality that this was the spread of communism. We need to look at this as these are people who are who are going to keep fighting until there's not a single person left because they're fighting for their their independence like we were. If we looked at it at it at the as it at the end of colonialism, we would have uh, probably saved the lives of uh, hundreds of thousands of people. But because it was a mistake, they ended up adding another mistake on top of a mistake by trying to cover up the mistake by sending in more troops. And it got me so angry, I started to cry about it because, you know, the number of people that we lost in Vietnam was a total of 58,000, roughly, and uh, another 250,000 South Vietnamese um, were killed in that war in the South Vietnamese Army. Another million um, civilians, or another million uh, North Vietnamese fighters, and two million civilians. And so the cost of, of covering up a mistake was enormous. And it, this was before the division of the country, and the people were, you know, the country went, went in, in the next three years, went into such turmoil. And it caused so much pain and so many lives, and it, it transformed um, how we perceived our government, how we perceived each other, how we perceived uh, ourselves. And, you know, when we, when we lie to ourselves, that's, that's one of the things in, in, in trauma is if we continue to lie to ourselves, we continue our suffering. Um, that, is our, that is if we not are able to be in integrity. Um, and one of the keys to that is to recognize that, um, you know, liars don't heal. We don't heal. And as a country, if we're not being honest about the things that we're doing with the people who are, it's our greatest treasure. You know, I mean, in the video you see, in the movie, you see war, what it really is, what it really does. And the heroism, the the, the things that happen on the battlefield and, the, and how people come together and they fight for their brother, the love of their brother. Or their sister, and that is so moving. I mean, I am deeply, uh, you know, moved by the courage and the bravery in the face of insurmountable odds and obstacles that these men and women had to face. And uh, it was just a a dirty, nasty uh, war. And it could have been averted if we would have been honest with ourselves. And uh, it's really about... You know, looking at ourselves and living in integrity and only using our men and women uh, who I love so dearly. 
and why the show is happening because right now there are 22 veterans every day committing suicide. A lot of them are from that Vietnam War era and we need to reach out to them and to help them and to recognize that they served because they believed in their heart it was the right thing to do and some of them didn't. Some of them got drafted and you know there was that's why when you're when you're using treasure the, the, the blood of our men and women, it needs to be for a noble purpose. It needs to be so for a just cause. And it's so important that we recognize that we can only re- return to that sense of true nobility, like we talked about in the last show about, you know, the, what the Spartans did in, um, in Thermopylae, how they fought there because they were fighting for their families, they were fighting for their way of life, and they wanted to protect it against a, an, an invader. And those are the reasons that bring out the true nobility in, in, in those kinds of combat situations. And we need to recognize that. And as a country, we must be able to atone for the errors that we made and make sure that the people that we put in harm's way come back completely home. Um, and, you know, it, it shows in a beautiful um, you know, uh, way of being able to share what that whole experience was from all sides, you know, leaning, looking at it from the anti-war movement and their passion. I mean, they were warriors in their own way, fighting for what they believed was the right thing was to end the war. And, and even though they ended up taking it out on the soldiers who were there, uh, which was not right, um, in some cases, you know, we had the My, My Lai Massacre. That was horrible. Those are atrocities that should never, ever ever occur and they need to be corrected and they need to be um, looked at and examined and understood and learned from um, but all those men and women um, you know they deserve our, our, our recognition for the service that they did and to be fully um, honored for their service and for the people who are on the other side too you know they were trying to bring about an end to a conflict that they knew was morally wrong so I highly recommend it watch it it is incredible um, and Please, please, you know, this is stuff that we need to really look at. And this is the Day of Atonement, you know, in the Jewish tradition. And this was brought to my attention by my next guest, which I can't wait to bring on. Henry, I hope we're ready to go. Uh, My journey, um, when I was down in my darkest place, I needed to find somebody who could, you know, help me. I was, uh, you know, on the verge of ending ending it all. And, uh, you know, there was uh, so much torment, so much, you know, the physiology of what was going on in my brain and in my heart and in my soul was uh, just being tormented and to the point where the only solution I could find was to to end my life. And it was at that time that um, I met uh, Dr. Sarah Larson and she came in when no, there was nobody else. And I truly believe that you must remember the people that came into your life when nobody else was there. And she was there. And she helped me to find out what I, where I needed to go and what I needed to do. She said to me, I want to help you. And sometimes that's the one thing we need, uh, people who are suffering from trauma. And we developed a program together. Uh, she showed me where I needed to go. And, I, and we started figuring it out, the pieces and the puzzles and looking at it from uh, a holistic and spiritual perspective. We uh, did uh, uh, um, um, 
we did a lot of things. We <laughs> we we, uh, we had a panel discussion where we produced a uh, I produced a, a theater show about uh, somebody who had experienced trauma from the war, and had a, and led a, a panel discussion talking about this. Uh, she has been instrumental in my life. She is so loved by so many people. Her family is amazing. Her husband's one of my best friends. Um, it's been a long journey, but uh, here we are together, and I would like to introduce to all of you. Dr. Sarah Larson. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me on air. I'm so grateful and excited for all of the great work that you're doing. Um, every day when I count my blessings, I, I think of all of the lives that you saved, Charlie, since going through all of the pain, walking through that course, when we met, you were in a very dark place. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been often said, if you're in hell, keep walking. Or if you're in that experience of the dark night of the soul, which so many of us have been in, in trauma, if you're there, just keep walking. This Two shall pass. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm so, I, I count you and all of the lives that you've saved since we've met as one of our blessings <laughs> in the world, one of the greatest blessings. So I'm, I'm just so grateful to be on air with you and what you're sharing about history and especially about the documentary. It's really through sharing our stories that we're able to heal. And it's so important that we be able to hear these stories. And the sharing of the story begins the process of correcting what might have occurred in the past. It begins the process of healing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's important to share our stories. I mean, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, was so hard for me was in my healing was not being able to share what had happened, but not being even able to have the tools to be able to do it because the way trauma is stored in the memory and stored in the brain, it's stored, you know, the, the trauma happens and your left side of your brain shuts down and it all gets encoded in fragments of images and sounds and feelings and, and all these things in your right hemisphere of your brain, your amygdala is going all, you know, it's going on alert to your, in your emotional brain, the Broca center in your, in your left hemisphere goes off, which is our ability to give language to the things that we're experiencing. So, um, how, learning how to be able to share our stories in meaningful ways uh, and to be able to put those pieces back together is such an important part. It's such an important part to put those pieces back together again. And I know there have been clues throughout time. There are clues in Vietnam. And I know that you, um, Dr. Edward Pick is planning to go back on a journey and lead people back to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I I often um, do. You want to talk about that really quickly, Charlie? As um, your audience may want to hear about Dr. Edward Pick's journey, and then I'd love to share how going back to ancient Egypt or going back to Greece, going back to Italy. 
even going to the deepest parts of ourselves, whenever a story comes up within ourselves, to look at the information that's happening in the moment curiously. So it's almost like having a searchlight on and examining the feelings that we're having as if we're having them for the first time or exploring the regions of our earth like Dr. Edward Tick going back to Vietnam a little bit later on this year, Greg and myself leading a journey to Egypt or any one of the places that the audience is going to that might hold a charge or might hold emotion for themselves and to go back in to explore each of those areas with curious eyes, with curious senses in the now moment uh, and to really awaken something within yourself that might be available for a healing Mm -hmm. trauma and everything that we experience, sadness, when we're walking down the tunnel that, that statement of when you're really in the dark night of the soul or when you're feeling that you're in hell, to continue to move through it, whatever emotion comes up, to check in and see where you are right now in the moment with it. What are you actually feeling? What are the sensations that are coming up? And what is available in that memory or in the current moment for a healing for yourself. Well, I agree. Uh, one of the things is because the trauma keeps you locked so so much in your past, you're not able to live fully in the present. And it's only by being able to find a way to live fully in the present do you begin to heal from those traumas. And doing healing and reconciliation events, journeys like Dr. Edward Tick is going to be doing with um, Vietnam veterans. And for anybody who's out there, uh, the, there's still time to be able to go on this journey with Dr. Tick and his wife, Kate Dalston. Um, it's October 31st through November 14th. Um, it's through Soldier's Heart. You can go to www.soldiersheart.net. And it's, you know, the journey focuses on healing those old war wounds um, and achieving forgiveness and reconciliation uh, between the American and Vietnamese vets and civilians um, and learning about the country, learning about the people. Uh, and it's a, it's a spiritual journey in helping to rebuild Vietnam as we help to heal the Americans who serve there and to practice that deep healing of trauma. And, you know, one of the things in that, in that documentary uh, is you get to see the signs of, or get to hear the voices from those who were on the other side. And it's important. And that's how healing is able to occur from war trauma in that sense that we get to understand that, wow, they were leaving their families as well. Wow, they didn't, you know, know if they were going to come back. Wow, they were, they were in terror as well. And, you know, all trauma is pre-verbal. You know, it happens. It's a speechless terror, whether it's, you know, coming from war trauma or whether it's coming from child abuse or child neglect or um, domestic violence. It's it's pre-verbal. We don't have we're, we're speechless about it. 
and it uh, it gets all encoded into our in our memories in that way. It gets encoded in in, in feelings and sensations that we can't even put words to. And, you know, being able to go to some of these places to stretch out beyond your limits, to get outside of that protective bubble that a lot of us who have suffered from trauma do, is how we began to break free from those past experiences. So what I would like to continue on with is to just kind of – uh, talk about um, some of the things that you're doing, Dr. Sarah, you know, just a little um, about your history and about how you got into the work that you're doing and uh, what what brought you, what led you to being in service uh, to the world. Uh, thank you for that question of what led me to be in service to the world. I uh, was born in a village in Pakistan, and today is actually my birthday, and it's such a gift for me to be able to be sharing the messages of healing, of peace, of wellness Mm -hmm. out into the world on my birthday, Charlie. So I was born in a village. My mom would have books between her teeth because bombs were dropping, and I... I know that that's one of the reasons that I crave to create peace wherever I go. It's such a gift to be able to create a frequency from my heart um, if someone's in distress in any shape or form or I feel a vibration of pain anywhere, I wind up gravitating towards that to bring peace and to bring healing. And after being born, after being um, saved, so to speak, it was a difficult birth for my mom, who was very, very young. My grandmother saved me and knew what to do in a village without running water in the home, or knew what to do without uh, with the baby that was born early. My grandmother, the village healer, uh, um, began at some point sharing all of her wisdom with me. When we moved to the United States, it was one of the greatest gifts that my parents gave me. They wanted to make sure that I was educated, that my brothers and sisters, and they could provide the best life had to offer. They fell in love with America through Bob Hope and Elvis movies that came out. We were we were one of the first people to have television in our family home. So the whole neighborhood would come together, the cloth would go off the television, and everyone would watch Bob Hope in Egypt or Bob Hope in Africa and all of these great movies or Elvis movies. And it inspired my dad to apply to come to the United States so that his kids could be really free and could experience the gifts that the United States offers those that, um, you know, bring me anyone, what's written on the Statue of Liberty uh, and equality and the possibility of creating the life that you dream of, the American dream. And so my dad brought, came here 
to the United States, got a scholarship to Southern University, uh, Southern Louisiana University, became an engineer, brought the kids and the family over, and I, in the village, in this group setting, learned how to be of service. Coming to the U.S., years and years, loving to be of service, loving to connect, and surely a love of education. And that has allowed me to go to med school. My parents generously were getting into the best med schools in India, coming back and forth between third world countries and offering help as a medical doctor, as a researcher, as an educator. And then when I met my husband, uh, I stopped that type of work, and I actually got depressed for a little while, thinking, wow, I was going to be the mother truth of medicine, and now I've been led on a different path. When I realized I could serve wherever I was, Greg and I started developing and working in the nonprofit world right around us. And so education with my kids, California Council of Parent Participating Nursery Schools, working on the board of that, helping education, and slowly, step by step, the calling to serve wherever I am or taking that mantra on allowed me to build a practice of teaching others how to do medical intuitive work, how to create programs based on their stories, how to serve wherever they are. And so today I am a modern medicine woman along the journey, along the way, along with building programs like the one that you and I built, Charlie, the one for PTSD. Mm-hmm. I get to research with my clients and develop programs that will offer healing to the world, will bring my core desire to bring peace, to bring healing, so that no mother, no child, no daughter has to suffer, no son anywhere, without uh, with a lack of freedom, mm-hmm. a lack of self-expression. We, the world is becoming such a better place because each one of us is feeling the pain and feeling the struggle, and we're not passing it on to this, our children. Mm-hmm. And as we're feeling the pain, as we're feeling the struggle, as we're developing the programs to help bring healing, we're bringing that wisdom, maybe just being a couple steps ahead of those that were that are needing help. We wind up building together what we actually are, what I know us to be are extensions of each other. Mm-hmm. But I know us to be just one heart, this one experience that is happening in multiple bodies. And, and whatever you're being challenged with, whatever you're being challenged with, or whatever the next step is for you, will present itself in the next person that you meet. That is so true. 
Now, it, in a, for a lot of people who are, are experiencing trauma, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know we are having people, we are being, we are broadcasting from KUHS Denver, Colorado, internet and TV. We are bringing, touching uh, musical lives all around the world. We are having people tuning in right now, Dr. Sarah, from Turkey, uh, from Germany, from the, uh, Liege, Belgium, Finland, Las Vegas, uh, Asbury Park, Alcanes, Portugal, Seville, Spain, Ottawa, Canada, Nuremberg, Germany, Norway, Poland. Uh, the world is tuning in. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the council. This is a brand new show. We are bringing healing, love, and transformation and peace and stories and allowing you to reach out and to be there and to share and to tune into us. Thank you so very, very much. The show is for you. It's about you. And we really want to be in service to, to helping to heal this world. Uh, Dr. Sarah, when people are talking, when, they're, when we're talking about this one heart, right, this one beat, how can people connect to that? Because, you know, when you're suffering from trauma, the last thing, you, you, you know, some people are doubting in uh, any kind of belief in a higher power. They're not sure how that can they, – they can maybe they can think that in an abstract terms. But, you know, when it's – when we seem to live in a world where, where there's so much, you know, how can – separation between people. How can people connect to something like that that gives it a reality for them? That connection, what we've learned, that's such a great connect, uh, question. How can we connect to that one heart? And what is so beautiful through the work of Heart Math Institute, we know that your heart can be read across a room. What you're feeling in your heart, anyone that's in the vicinity of you, their heart is interpreting what's happening within your heart. These, uh, it's, we have our heart is electrical, our heart is magnetic, our heart is a physical pump, and it's also the way in which we communicate with our brain and all of our other organs as well. When your heart is in a frequency of appreciation or when you're feeling okay, your heart transmits a vibration out that lets everyone know that you're okay. And when your heart is in a frequency of struggle or is in a rougher space, elements around you, the people around you, know that at some degree. And so their heart and your heart are already communicating all the time. And quite often, we've learned to wear masks. We wear, um, we mask our emotion or we hide, we try and hide with our words or with uh, how we're showing up our true feelings. And so someone's heart is reading your heart and you've put on a happy face, or you've put on a silent face, or you've put on a 
nothing's going to bother me or one of the defense mechanisms that you've crafted in order not to get hurt further. And our hearts are reading it all the time, but when our words and our actions are not consistent with the information that our heart is putting out, when we speak to another person, we're not building trust. And so that first part of really connecting, and quite often a person that's in trauma or a person that's suffering is flooded with emotions, and they don't even know what they're feeling completely to maybe put it to words. And so the process to be able to get your heart incoherent, to get your heart to be working for you rather than um, creating connection. Your heart automatically tries to create connection for you. And if you put your hand on your heart and you think of things that bring you joy, you don't have to feel all the ugh. You can keep all of those things present too. But to place your hand on your heart and to begin breathing into your heart and to begin thinking of things that brought you joy in the past or brought you peace in the past or brought you a sensation of connecting to something greater. And so my when my dad moved to the U.S., and was in Southern um, Louisiana University, he was all by himself at the university. And he would, in those situations, and phone calls were expensive and um, to Pakistan, and it was really, really hard, putting his hand on his heart and imagining his baby children um, playing with them. Or for myself, when I was in the depression of, wow, I'm not out in the third world serving somehow or in the developing world serving somehow, if I thought of something that made me feel happy, like, wow, um, I pushed back a shopping cart mm-hmm. or I bought someone a cup of coffee the, uh, in the past. If I put images of service and my hand on my heart and I begin breathing into my heart, especially before I go meet people or in a room full of people, if I begin that process of imagining with my mind's eye things that get me into a better place or space, my heart will soften and open a little bit. And those around me might even be able to ask me questions that allow me to feel better. I might be able to express an idea or a thought that helps them feel better Mm -hmm. and show up more authentically in that moment. Our heart and our mind and our bodies know everything that we've been through, and we have tools within it, and our heart is the biggest tool. And the Chinese and the Egyptians, the Egyptians actually preserved the heart, 
and knew that was the brain of our body. Mm -hmm. All of these ancient rituals to connect into our hearts are written all over the walls in the temples of Egypt. It's amazing what happens to our heart when we're traveling there as well, but you don't have to go anywhere exotic to really connect and know that your heart has everything you need for it. It's got stem cells. If you're not physically well, your stem cells that are in your heart can create the exact thing that you need in order to heal for yourself. And so it's that connection to your heart that's incredibly important. And I've got things um, on my website that really help with forgiveness. If you're running an image or pain over and over in your heart, I've got how to forgive and how to step into love on drsarahlarson.com. Those videos, those how to step into compassion, how to connect with your heart, those tools are there so that you know you don't have to do this all alone. Mm -hmm. The one heart, our one heart that has known about tools, A Course in Miracles talks a lot about those tools as well. And those are listed, a lot of videos on my website to really help you connect to your heart, connect to the one heart, Mm -hmm. to step into forgiveness and to step into love. Amen to that, Dr. Sarah. Yes. Um, You know, please go to her website, www.drsarahlarson.com. That's drsarahlarson.com. Uh, to receive those videos and to open your heart um, and being able to connect to that. It's about connecting to the heart that's within you. You experience those feelings. You are love trying to experience love. You are, you are love. It, it is you loving something. You are, it, that comes from within. And everything that is unlike love will come up in order to be healed. And so having tools of learning how to, be, to do self-forgiveness, how to find compassion, how to be able to step back from the pain so that you don't create more pain, so that we're not acting from the wound and moving ourselves into just, you know, this, we, we can get caught into this spiral of pain and wounded people hurt wounded people, people who are hurt hurt people. And so it's learning how to take a step back and really trauma has, and I think you will concur with me, Dr. Sarah, trauma has the ability to open our hearts to God. It has the ability to bring us closer into a deeper connection with ourselves. It gives us the opportunity to be able to become better versions of ourselves because it forces us to look deep within. And if we can see it as post-traumatic growth, if we can see it as something, as an opportunity for us that no matter what, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to to climb out of this hell that I'm in and find a way to reclaim that light that is me and bringing that light and carrying that wisdom and and understanding those stories and all those things that happen and learning to find joy. You got to be able to find joy in your life. Like I have uh, joy with Henry right here and he's showing me all these um, people from Bulgaria and in Colorado and uh, where else do we have? We have somebody from Iraq right now in Turkey 
and Tunisia and Russia. And there was another from Croatia and Hanoi. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And stepping, you know, please know that we are broadcasting from KUHS Denver. Dot com internet tv radio we are broadcasting all around the world we're touching uh lives all around the world and their music touches all around the world it's it's an amazing group of people here if you want to get in contact with me and find out some of the work that i do go to www.charliepacello.com it's charliepacello.com you can contact me at twitter at Charlie Pacello. And I think you also have one too, Dr. Sarah, correct? Uh, Twitter account or uh, what other information? I do. It's again, Dr. Sarah Larson on Twitter um, and Facebook, Dr. Sarah Larson on Facebook as well, and an Instagram handle. All of it is all Dr. Sarah Larson. And so, and the website as well. Doctor is not spelled out, it's just DR. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, and Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N. And I love putting tools up. And, Charlie, you put some great tools on YouTube up recently on your YouTube channel that you and I worked on together. Yes. Yeah, Charlie Patella is on YouTube (laughs) with The Course in Miracles, a 30-day experience. In the Course in Miracles, and we found the best lessons and the best stories to share with you to implement those lessons, A Course in Miracles, and really to bring through the wisdom Charlie walks with you every step of the way on those 30 videos. We walk with you every step of the way so that you can do the work and the homework. It's no one can do your push-ups for you. These are great quotes. I think that was Jim Rowan that said, no one can do your push-ups for you. No one can do the work to heal trauma and to connect with your one heart, your heart with every other heart. We know that we never get it done. It's never over. Source, God, um energy is never created or destroyed and so this energy is never created or destroyed and the energy that you are will continue to go on and on and on it's great to begin to do the work to do the thing that will bring you into wholeness will bring you a step closer to feeling happiness a step closer to joy. No one can do your push-ups for you. No one can make you feel better. It's you connecting and learning these tools that allow you to step into that. And so those videos are tools. Some of the websites and following us is definitely very, very smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's uh, and and one of the things that you'll, as Dr. Sarah was talking about, of course, in miracles. Now, of course, in miracles. I'm showing the book right now. This is it. It's a course in miracles workbook for students manual. Uh, this is a book that saved my life. Um, I come from a Catholic background. Be always a Catholic, be a Catholic, um, but I also opened my mind to other traditions and 
practice, you know, Buddhism, practice Hinduism, practice everything. I just love the way people experience and, and, and express their love for God. There are many paths up the one hill. This was my path. This is the way I found. And there are lessons. There are 365 lessons in this book that allows you to tap into that inner wisdom on the inside, that inner, you know, that light that could be so deeply buried, caught, you know, polluted by all the world and and the traumas and the things. And just by doing these words, it augments your beliefs. It's not to take to replace anything. It augments, it expands. It it gives you a personal experience. And I think that's what was so important to me because I didn't have access to the VA. I didn't have access to uh, you know, meds or anything like that. I because I had an under other than honorable conditions discharge, I couldn't access. I had to find a different way, and this was before I met Dr. Sarah. And this is, I was trying to find something deeper, a deeper meaning in life, and connecting to something that made sense. And this was my path, and it allows you to be able to go step by step into understanding what's valuable and what's valueless, you know, finding that, you know, I can choose peace instead of this. I can choose peace. And you're, and you're saying these things to yourself and you're, and you're learning how to be able to separate yourself from your experiences and from who you are right now. Like this is me right here, right now. And I get to start to choose how I'm going to be in this world. And I can either react to this experience or be upset or, or I can choose peace instead of this. And uh, forgiveness is the key to happiness. And, and that's sometimes that's a hard thing to grasp and to understand because it's, we understand it intellectually, but it takes a long journey for it to go from our head to our hearts. And so it's a step-by-step journey and a process, and it literally saved my life. And so Dr. Sarah and I put a, a video um, course for all of you to be able to experience yourselves and to be able to learn and to see if it resonates with you. All traditions have ways to return back to the peace within. And so this is just another option out there available to you, uh, an incredible tool that can help you to touch back to the love that's within. Right, Dr. Sarah? Right, Charlie. It is. These are great tools to tap into. And um, the along the path, along the steps that we're walking, one of the things to really get around forgiveness is it's a gift to give. Even within the word forgiveness, whatever has happened to us, the past, Everything we own right now is ours to give. If we fully, fully understand that, like everything in my home, every story, every experience that I have been part of, every book, every memory, that's something that I can truly give. It's something that I have that I can um, give to another And even all of those areas that harm of any sort that has come to me from any person um, to understand how it works, I get to give grace and the forgiveness. I get to give the pain 
to God, either to our source or nature, however we connect to the feeling of something greater than ourselves, whatever that is, everything I own, including the pain, including the hurt, including the trauma, Mm -hmm. has been given to me in order to give uh, for giving, for giving. And there's so much in The Course in Miracles that talks about forgiveness. And today, and it is Yom Kippur, at Sundown Day, it's my birthday, and <laughs> I am of all faiths. I'm a scientist, and I believe and have connected with source so powerfully that I am I know faith, I know source. Mm-hmm. And so I honor many of the traditions. And so today I will begin fasting at sundown, even though we're going to be at a concert with a group of friends that was set up before we knew it was Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, and within every faith, within the Islamic faith, within the Christian faith, within the Buddhist faith, within nature faith, within science, we know we have to put down what we're carrying in order to have new energy come in. We have to put down our stories. We have to put down the hurt. We have to atone also for any harm that we know we might have done. And so this becomes so important to fully recognize and realize that you, so you fast for a period of time, and those of the Islamic faith fast for a whole month. Those within Christianity fast during um, the time between Lent and Easter. Mm -hmm. You know what it feels like to be hungry, Buddhist, Hinduist, um, and Anyone that's on a health kick knows that fasting is one of the ways in which the body rejuvenates itself. And so fasting is one of the rituals, one of the ways in which we put down our preconceived way of being. And we struggle a little bit with hunger in order to grow stronger. Mm-hmm. If forgiveness was easy, <laughs> if forgiveness was easy, then we wouldn't need to do it. <laughs> that is so <laughs> right. If it was easy, we wouldn't need to do it. That's right. Uh, and, go ahead. And, uh, and forgiveness is so funny. It, forgiveness helps build us, atoning, really recognizing wow, I could have harmed you. This may have been the way that I might... Oh. Okay, well, I don't know what happened, Dr. Sarah. Uh, maybe if you could call back, or but uh, it was fantastic what you were saying. I do, we lost contact. We lost connection here. I don't know what happened. Um, but you're absolutely right. Oh, are you there? Hello? Anyway, forgiveness is. It's about, you know, really being able to, I mean, this is a time of atonement, of being able, it, it falls within the moment of Yom Kippur. 
and being able to acknowledge when we've said something wrong or done something wrong or have you know hurt ourselves to be able to you know some of the greatest some of the most healing words that you could ever say to somebody is i'm sorry some of the most healing words is just to say i'm sorry um for what uh, what i might have done to you or what i did to you and boy that uh, there's something healing just in doing that um and because until uh, we looks like we lost Dr. Sarah. Thank you, Dr. Sarah. Oh, she's calling back in right now. We've only got a couple minutes left, and I just want to let you know. There you are, Dr. Dr. Sarah. We've got just a minute left. Um, could you say something real quick about your trip before we go? We have to um, close down the show here in about a minute. Oh, that's so wonderful. Charlie, we are going to be in uh, Egypt December 26th to January 9th. This trip is really a recharge and a the best way to start out 2018. And so we love to invite those that are on the path that know they're ready for this level of connection to source, this level of connection to the ancient mysteries that are available there and for really, truly a beautiful insight into the mystery schools and the mystery teachings that can only be initiated and activated by you, by you if you're ready to be there. And so we love taking this journey. Greg and I read this December 26th to January 9th. And you can find out all the details on drsarahlarson.com forward slash event. And it will list out this trip to Egypt. Fantastic. Fantastic, Dr. Sarah. I'm so sorry to interrupt. We have to, we have to close down. We're, the, the sh- I can't believe the show's done. Um, thank you, <laughs> Dr. Sarah, so much. Uh, you're like a sister and your family. Um, uh, give my love to everybody. And uh, please look her up. Go on the journey if you can. It will be amazing. We have some fantastic shows coming up. We have Dr. Edward Tick coming up in two weeks. You're going to be on there. I have Lieutenant Colonel... Uh, Paul coming on. He's a lieutenant colonel uh, retired. He was in Vietnam. We're going to have that show. Uh, so many great things. Please support us. Sponsor us. Reach out. CharliePasello.com. Thank you so much. You know that I'm with you and will always be with you. May you be well. May you be whole. May you be free of pain and suffering. The council is adjourned. God bless. God bless. Thank you. You must have thrown a thousand pitches teaching him to hit a home run. Spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver. Endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer. But how much time have you spent teaching him what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council. This has been a public service announcement from your friends at KUHSDenver.com.